everyone. Welcome to this edition of the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo, the senior editor here at BreastCancer.org. And my guest today for part three of our three-part podcast is Christina Nixon, who is a licensed certified genetic counselor with the Cancer Risk Assessment and Genetics Program at Mainline Health in Pennsylvania. In addition to counseling patients, Christina also assists with research, including a recent study looking at multi-gene panels in BRCA1 and BRCA2 positive families. Christina also has completed the City of Hope's intensive course in cancer risk assessment. Today, we're going to be talking about risk assessment tools and how a woman might use them on her own. So, Christina, welcome. Um, Do you ever recommend that women use online breast cancer? breast cancer risk assessment tools. Now that's something to say quickly. (laughs) Um, You know, women could consider using a breast cancer risk assessment tool. Um, I would recommend though that if she's going to do it online herself, um, no matter what tool it is, that she definitely reviews that tool with her physician or with a genetic counselor um, after the tool has given her a risk assessment, after it's given her um, information just to make sure that she is using the tool correctly and is answering the questions correctly. Um, there, there's Some of the tools have, you know, some confusing questions or terms that a person may not be sure of. And so that's why I, I caution uh, women if they're going to use a tool to just make sure to review that with her doctor. Okay. And I know I've looked at some of them, not all of them, because it seems that there are more coming out. Um, and some of them specifically say, you know, sit down with your doctor to fill this out. Um, others don't. So that's why I wondered if, if, you know, women ever do it just on their own. Has anybody ever come to you and said, I filled out this risk assessment tool. It says I'm at high risk. That's why I want genetic testing. Or is it usually done in conjunction with a physician? Yeah, I've actually never had a woman come in who has done a risk assessment tool on her own. I have had women whose physicians have done or used a risk assessment tool in the office with the patient um, who have come in as a result of that. But I've, I've actually never had someone um, who's done it individually on their own. Okay. Now, I know the different tools sometimes take into account different factors, Um and I'm not sure, are there, do you know the differences between some of them, or is that kind of outside your purview? No, sure, there, there are differences between the tools. Um, probably the most well-used tool is, it's literally called the Breast Cancer Risk Assessment Tool, and it's through the National Cancer Institute. Um, it's based on the Gale model, um, and this model takes into account a woman's age, as well as family history of breast cancer, but only looking at first degree relatives who've had breast cancer. First degree relatives would be a mother, a sister, or a daughter. Um, It takes into account how old she was when she got her period, how old she was when she had her first child, if she had children, um, and whether or not she's had breast biopsies, and if any of the breast biopsies had atypical hyperplasia. Um, There are some limitations to this model in that women who are younger than 35 cannot use the model, um, and it cannot be used for women who have a personal history of either DCIS or LCIS. Um, So that's where it can get tricky. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just one example of of a model that um, 
you know, there are some terms there that, that everyone may not be familiar with and, and there may be confusion or that they could be answered incorrectly. So that's why it is good to review it with a physician. Now, there are other bottles um, that we like to use in the office. Um, so it's not necessarily something that a woman could go online and do herself, but we do have other statistical models that we use. Um, one's called BRCA Pro, another one's called Boadicea, and then there's one called um, Ebis. So <laughs> kind of a funny name. Um, but these tools, they, they look at some of the same factors that I just mentioned, um, like how old you were when you got your period and um, had your first child and breast biopsy history. But in addition, uh, these tools also look at more of a family history of breast cancer than just first degree relatives. Um, that they'll be able to look at dad's side of the family as well. Because, you know, if you think about it, if you're only looking at first degree relatives, that totally excludes um, the father's side of the family. So you can really get an underestimation a lot of times with that breast cancer risk assessment tool that I was talking about earlier. Okay. Now, are there any special tools, say, for younger women or for women who are at high risk. I know, I think I read um, recently that a new tool had just come out that was really focused on Latina, so um, women of Hispanic heritage. So I, I, it sounds like the, the tools are getting very specific, so I just wondered if they were out there. And I know some of the tools you can't use if, you, if, if, um, if you've had a personal history of breast cancer, too, if you're interested in your like risk of recurrence. Um, so, you know, it, it is kind of getting to be the smorgasbord of, of risk assessment tools out there. Right. And that's where I think it can be difficult also to know which of these tools should you really use, you know, which one is going to give you the best estimate based on your ethnicity, as well as some of these other risk factors that I mentioned. Okay. So, um, you know, if there is a question about which tool to use, again, that's something that you could talk with your physician about or a genetic counselor about to get more information. Okay. So, yeah. So it sounds like the, the, one of the best things to do is talk to your doctor and say, I would like to do one of these tools. Which one would you recommend for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, genetic testing. And I've noticed that some companies are starting to market genetic tests directly to the public to, to the private citizen. Um, I know 23andMe is out there, Ancestry.com. I, you know, these are just commercials I see on TV in the evening when I'm watching. Um, do they look for um, mutations that are linked to breast cancer? Or are they just sort of doing a general screen? So 23andMe, um, they, this is a company, a direct consumer direct-to-consumer laboratory that was previously looking at genes that predicted disease risk, um, including breast cancer. But as of 2013, they, the FDA actually um, banned the company from doing that type of testing because unfortunately, they weren't able to provide data um, to validate um, the test results that they were giving out to individuals. So at this point, um, 23andMe is no longer doing um, disease-related testing. Um, they are looking at 
um, inherited recessive conditions. So things like uh, sickle cell disease or cystic fibrosis. Um, so they'll be able to tell you through a DNA test if you're a carrier for one of these diseases, okay. um, which it ha may have more impact on future generations, you know, your children, um, especially if your partner is also a carrier for this condition, then there's a higher chance that your children may actually be affected with the condition. So they're doing more of that type of gene testing, and they're also looking at ancestry. You know, what part of the world is your family originally from? I see. Okay. Um, the same is true for Ancestry.com. They are just solely at this point looking at ancestry. Um, they even talk about, you know, being able to connect with distant family members or family members you may not know that you have. Um by just looking at, again, markers in your DNA that tell them what part of the world your family is from. Um, there is one laboratory where it's not completely direct to consumer because there is a physician involved in ordering the testing. Um, it's through a laboratory called Color Genomics. And this is a lab where you can go online and you can request a, a kit um, to, to submit, I believe it's saliva, um, to the laboratory, but it's done in conjunction either with your own physician or genetic counselor or with a physician that's provided by the laboratory color. Um, so it's not like, it, it's a 19 gene panel and, and it does include the BRCA1 and 2 genes as well as other breast and ovarian cancer related genes, but um, it's nice because, it, it again, there is a healthcare provider involved with interpreting the test results. So it's not like you're just emailed a report and, and then left to figure it out on your own. You do have some direction as to, you know, what this information means. And it does um, come with the option of having genetic counseling before and after you get your test results. Okay. So it sounds like what you're saying is that except that one that you mentioned and there is a, a doctor involved, these companies that are marketing direct to consumer, they're not really looking for disease. No, no, they're not. Okay. They're not. There, there isn't a lab that I know of personally right now um, that is looking at breast cancer related genes without um, a physician or genetic counselor or somebody, a healthcare professional being involved with getting the testing done. Okay. Okay, so those tests probably don't have a lot of value for somebody who's concerned about being a B and having an abnormal BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutation. I mean, they might Correct. be nice to figure out your family history and where you came from originally, but not not related to disease. Correct. Okay. Right. Although it could be helpful uh, if you learn that, say, you have Ashkenazi Jewish ancestry and you didn't know you had that before. So that could be helpful okay. in that sense. Okay. I guess that's good. Well, Christina, thank you so much for explaining all that because I know we've been getting a, quite a few questions on our discussion boards about these, you know, those types of tests and do they take the place and can I do that instead of seeing my doctor? And it sounds like the answer would be a no. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thank you.